Welcome to the Alliance Experience Podcast, a real estate podcast talking all things property management with a side of banter. Your hosts are Sam Riley and myself, Kelly Johnson. Welcome back to the Alliance Experience Podcast. I am Kelly Johnson and today we have two special guests. Well, I feel like, Chris, you're not really a special guest anymore. You're just a regular. Oh, thanks very much. It's good (laughs) to be here. Chris Wilcox (laughs) and also joining us, Nick Nesbitt. Hello again. Welcome back. Thank you. Happy to have you. Got the invite. Oh, are you excited? <laughs> took, took about four weeks of complaining of not getting the invite. But... Yeah, I think you're a bit jealous that you weren't invited, weren't you? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Chris, how yeah. does that make you feel? It makes me feel really, really good. <laughs> wasn't even questioned. It was just designated to Chris and I was upset by that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no tension in this room at all today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're, real, we're real estate sales reps. That's what we do. We're competitive. Uh, yeah, fair enough. So starting off, we had our awards night on the weekend. So Harcourts runs financial year based on New Zealand which is the 1st of April until the 31st of March. And then our awards night is usually May each year, I think, guys. Yeah, about that, about six weeks after the year yeah. finishes up. So we cleaned up. We, we did, did very well. Didn't <laughs> we? did. Very Property well. management did. Yeah, you guys went uh, number one, I think, was it? There was no point going back to your uh, <laughs> seats that night. You might as well have just hovered by the side of the stage. Did you see me at one point just being like, I'm not even going to sit down. <laughs> like, I'm just not even going to bother. Um, but no, we were very excited. And Nick, you came first in referrals? Referrals to Mortgage Express, yes. So that's good. Yeah, so working closely with Holly in the office. She's a so, godsend. So if anyone needs to refinance, do. I was going to say, <laughs> so what is that? Uh, yeah, refinancing and new mortgages. So um, essentially she can help with anything in terms of car loans and all the way through to house loans and business loans and everything. But the two big ones that we use are Obviously, when you purchase a property, getting the, the finance to do so uh, and then refinancing a couple of years later when you've got some equity in the house. Good job. And so overall, how did our sales department go? Uh, I think we came second overall with total sales revenue. It was second, um, yeah. Yeah, I think Kira Lee got in the top 10. She did. Uh, which was fantastic to see. Um, and then uh, I think about <laughs> six of us were gold or above. Not too sure on silvers and bronze. Yeah, and then third, I believe we got third as well overall for client experience office. See, that's yes. good. I feel Which like that's a, out, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, look at us go. So yeah. it was a very boozy night for most people. Well, you disappeared. So I did, you know. Disappeared at the final award too, <laughs> and I was left on a dance floor with myself. It's because so. it's exhausting. Like, girls spend way longer getting ready than you guys. It is very different. Guys just throw on a suit, do the hair, and off we go. Whereas- and, like, for me, I'd been, like, hair at 11, makeup at 1, ridiculous. <laughs> I was I was at the races till 5.30. And <laughs> you didn't even get there when the doors open for the ball, my we friend. We finished a bottle of champagne in the room. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so I thought today, having you guys here, we can just do, like, a basic real estate discussion on sales and property management. And I thought it would be really good to get your opinion on property management, but being sales reps. So I feel like often you might go to appraisals or meet people and a common question might come up as to why do you guys think I should use a property manager? Now, I can always answer that very well because that is my job and I am literally employed to tell people why they can do it. But I think putting you both on the spot as to why you think we should and the value in it is going to be good for like the general public to hear because it will give a real honest, open opinion versus probably my more scripted, you know, professional dialogue. Yep. So let's start with you, Nicholas. Oh, no. I know. But <laughs> no, so if you had come out to obviously my house and to, I wanted an appraisal and yep. they were sitting there saying, you know, we've got other properties and we privately manage them already. Yep. And they said to you, do you see value when using a property management company? 
Look, so so I've got investment property. Mm-hmm. The last thing I would want to do is look after it myself. And I know what I'm doing. I've got four years of property management experience. I know the rules, regulations, the forms, everything inside out. Um, and I make a focus of trying to be up to date with that for the benefit of selling investment properties. But, yeah, it's the last thing I'd want to do. Why? It's a tricky one to answer on the spot. Just is it because, like, it takes up a lot? Because you're aware of the time it takes the, up? The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, I don't want to know what's going on in that property. I, it's it's a business transaction for me having an investment property. It's not a personal transaction. Um, but the one that keeps coming into my head is is what happens if something goes wrong, you know. Okay, 90% of tenants are going to pay their rent on time and look after the property and hand it back in a relatively good way. But if you get one of those 10 that don't, you know, okay, I know what I'm doing, but any Joe Bloggs doesn't, you know, and, mm. and that's where it can really end up costing you money, so... I'm going to jump in there. I Please. think what Nick said about it, you know, treating it as a business transaction because it effectively is, it's an investment. Uh, and so you want a professional, well, in my opinion, and clearly Nick's opinion, you want that professional backing your property investment from a business transaction perspective. Also equally as a sales rep, walking into appraisals with sellers who are, we meet quite a few sellers who are privately managing their properties that they are now getting a sales appraisal on you hear firsthand from them the problems they've been through. We're privately managing this. This has happened at the end. The tenant hasn't paid this. They haven't done that. There's, there's so many issues that arise. And I think the biggest benefit of, you know, recruiting a property manager on your side is you've got an office there backing your investment. Do you guys find when you're appraising, as you said, Chris, um, properties that are privately managed, the rents are lower than, say, if we had been managing it because that owner has formed a relationship with the tenant, they feel guilty putting it up? Yeah, definitely. There's two edges of the sword there. Majority would be slightly off where the market is because there's not someone there doing the three or six or 12-month due diligence on where the rent should be and and how it's all looked after. Um, The other edge of the sword is that the the private owners probably put the rent up too high and therefore attracted the wrong tenants that have the wrong history Mm. behind them. Yep. And don't have the ability to do the checks that you do have in office. Like I think you guys do court checks, you do national tenancy database checks, you yeah. do, um, heck, you probably do driver's license in text <laughs> yeah. these days. So whereas a, a private owner doesn't have the ability to do that or, or probably does but doesn't know how. So, mm. yeah, if you're, they're trying too high, they're attracting wrong tenants or they've formed their relationship with the tenant and therefore they feel bad putting that rent up to where it should be. Mm. Absolutely. And from a marketing perspective, I mean, you guys, you know, you know how to market the home and chase the right sort of, not only the right sort of tenant for the property, but equally achieve a premium price with a tenancy agreement for the property. So uh, yes, if you bring on a property manager, you're going to pay management fees. I Mm -hmm. understand that. But at the same time, that property manager is going to market the property create a competitive environment amongst tenants to compete for that property and ultimately achieve a premium price. So I believe it really makes up the difference. Yeah, yeah. And do you find that if you are appraising a home where they've been privately managing, do those clients then in turn want to sell their home themselves? No. See, this is... Yes, I love this. That's a good point. Why do they see that they can handle managing, which, and this is me, no disrespect to you guys selling, but managing a property is a long, usually a long-term thing. And a sales transaction comparatively is a lot shorter. So you would think if someone's going to do something themselves, me, I would be more comfortable doing the shorter transaction than the longer. So why do you think then they see value in using a sales rep to sell their property? 
It's a great question. I, I don't think I really know the answer, but I mean, I, I guess we're dealing with a larger sum of money yep. at the end of the day, and that, that would be a driving factor, I'd assume. So we're not just dealing with a weekly rental amount, we're dealing with the you know the sale of their biggest asset that they own, yep. and, and therefore they want to bring on an industry professional to help the sales process of that one. But I don't know, Nick, if you have any other... Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I've just sold a house for, well, I sold two houses for them for people that private manage about six or seven properties themselves. And look, she she's retired, so she sits at home and, and does the property management and keeps on top of all that. And she was very knowledgeable with everything there. But yeah, for not, not for a second did they contemplate selling the property themselves. They actually went through another agent, went three months down the track with him, got rid of him, and, and then I got called in and we, we did manage to sell it. But yeah, as for... I think they they feel property management's a bit easier, but they don't understand the ins and outs of exactly what's in there. Whereas in reality, you're dead right. The the sale is probably a lot easier Mm. because it is just, you know, the forms that you put together, but the financial difference or the the difference in value is is much more significant. Significant, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands in some cases. Yeah. Because – you know, a buyer always wants to pay the least, the seller always wants to pay the most or gets the most money, but the negotiation's a lot harder mm. on that sum of money than it is on 500, 550 a week. So being sales reps, which you both are, obviously, Nick, how long have you been a sales rep now? Uh, just coming up to five years. And Chris, you're two? Two, yeah. Have you guys had any clients come to you that have tried to sell themselves, haven't, and then wanted to employ a real estate agent? For me, I, I'm actually dealing with one of these right now. Are you? As we speak. Okay, so talk to I've us just, about it. I've had a guy uh, who's had his property on the market for eight weeks now. He's selling it himself um, and he's just struggled to find the right buyer, hasn't got the offers that he wants to get. And so now he's contacted me and asked me to come out and give him some guidance and advice on as to why he hasn't sold it. Yep. And uh, ultimately we are looking at potentially listing it and uh, me jumping on board and, and helping him get the sale over the line. So what would you, so looking at his listing that he had, what would you think, like what would you change straight away basically? Absolutely. It, it's as simple as I, I took one look at his listing online. The photos were done on an iPhone. Oh, they weren't no. done through a professional photographer. His price was way too high. Uh, it just wasn't realistic with with market expectations. And, and then his advertisement right up in the blurb was just quick and, cheaply done and it just wasn't quite right. Yeah. So I've gone in and given him a, an overview marketing plan of what I think should happen and completely sort of changed his perspective. So awesome. yeah, I, I think marketing is marketing the, is vital. Yeah. The short answer on that is every time everything. <laughs> because I'm the same. I've, I've got one that is listed right now, um, a block of land down in Lake Clifton of all places. But and I'll be nice here because he's a friend, but he tried to sell it himself first. Yeah. And I gave him guidance on it and, and put him in the right place. Tried places, to help him out. At the same time, you're, you're 100% right. There was a photo of the driveway of a five-acre block and that oh, was it. stop that. <laughs> it was advertised only on social media. That was it, on Facebook groups and things like this. And, um, you know, you sit down with him and you go, you're you're hitting 2% of the, the audience, let alone the buying audience there. So, um, you know, straight away, again, you write up the nice blurb that people are going to read if they are emotionally invested in potentially purchasing you get the drone photos, drone photos that show the size of the land and what's on it. Um, you know, you advertise things like a building envelope, which wasn't even mentioned on on his advertising. So yeah, okay. Yeah. I always find it very interesting because even with private landlords, they always want to think that they're doing it better and doing it the right. But then as soon as you step in and look at it, you can find everything that's wrong within what a minute. Oh yeah, pretty quick. Yep. 
Mm, pretty quick. Interesting. Yeah, we probably see it within a couple of seconds. It probably, you know, any buyer would see it in the same well, I time guess frame as well. We know what we're looking for. So moving on from that, I think it's good as well that we can talk about the market. Just an overview of the market. So I know, like you guys, I always try and keep everybody up to date on what is happening in the market. Um, but sales-wise, the media obviously speculates and reports on different things based on their figures. And I feel like the media a lot of the time reports on what's happening over East. Do you guys, like you both work different areas. So Chris, you specialise in Clarkson, Nick Wanneroo. Do you want to give us an open feedback and honest opinion as to what is currently happening in the sales market now? What are you seeing from buyers? What are sellers doing? How's things moving overall? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I like you said, I, I do very much specialize in the one suburb. So I can only really talk about the suburb that I that I know the most, which mm-hmm. is Clarkson. And we certainly, I know there's a lot of talk in the media about the property market dipping and all that sort of thing, but Clarkson itself is is still pumping. I mean, okay. the average time to get a sale over the line right now is only nine days. Wow. We're seeing huge numbers coming through home opens. We're up 5.6% from this time last year, wow. which bear in mind this time last year, we were Hi. significantly <laughs> higher than the year before. So Clarkson's performing really well. What I have noticed if I look outside of Clarkson is um, for me personally, Nick, I don't know if you have a different opinion or the same opinion, but what I've noticed is a sort of million dollar plus coastal homes type homes. I've certainly seen them slow down in terms of sales. They're still getting sales over the line, but they've certainly pulled back and slowed down. And I'd assume that's got a lot to do with bank interest rates hiking and all sorts of things, but uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to hear what you think, Nick. Yeah, look, Water is very diverse. So I've got three by ones on 700, 800 square meters. I've got four by two family homes. I've got big rural blocks out the back. I've got everything in Wanneroo. So you, you do see a bit more of an open area of what's going on or an open ratio. Um, definitely, you're right. Anything between that, you don't see too much under 500 these days, but to use that as a price, 500 to a million is pretty strong, especially yeah. family homes. Um, so anything that's sort of 180 squares of living and above, um, really strong demand on that. Um, anything above that million mark, again, just to use a round number, is a bit slower. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing much less people there and, and that will be what interest rates are causing issues for because obviously the, it's huge, it's significant there in terms of what the interest rate balloon has done. Absolutely. Um, whereas when you're in that 500 to a million range, I think – as a first home buyer, which majority, you know, in a 500 to 700 ratio probably are for me, you're, you're either going to pay higher interest rates and therefore lose a bit of money that way, or you're going to go to the rental market, which whilst I know is going through a correction, the little one, you're still paying absorbent rates there too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's the lesser of two evils? You, you pay your own mortgage down or you're paying someone else's down. So, so um, when you talk about properties over a mill, which you both obviously mentioned, you're with the coastal, maybe you with the rural, how, if I've got a client that wants to sell something over a million and it's not moving, what do you guys do? Like, how do you deal with that? Because a house is only worth what someone's willing to pay. That works for both sales and rental. So what do you guys suggest when properties aren't moving? And I mean, we haven't seen that for a while, yep. but now we are. And same in the rental market. What do you do? Yeah, so... I'm going to use your house as an example here. Sorry, Kelly, um, the, the property that you rent. Um, you know, we're on a market of about 1.4, 1.45 and, you know, we do the home open every fortnight. You get two, maybe three people through. You don't get too much inquiries through the week. So it's all about just trying to appear new, refreshed, up to date. You don't want to go stale. So there's always a buyer out there. It's just a matter of 
yeah, at what value? So, you know, for example, with, with that house, we're changing photo orders, we're updating price wording, we're updating the adverts slightly. Um, yeah, you, you do a lot just to stay refreshed. Um, you don't want to drop your pants and have someone pick it up 100 grand too cheap. But at the same time, yeah, you, you've got to stay relevant. So. so what happens if you have a client that doesn't want to move on price? Because we've got one for rent at the moment, a property in Iluka. I honestly, so I appraised it at 1100 to 1200 and I appraised it in March. So I think like the market was still very, very strong and I thought, yep, it would get that any day of the week. We haven't had an application on it. It's yeah. now at 1100 and no one's inquiring. The owner doesn't want to drop it though. Yep. So it's just like a Mexican standoff with that property on the market and the market. Is it vacant or is it's it? It's vacant. It's vacant. Owner lives yep. overseas, so it's making no income. Yep. It's what do you do? So I tell every single potential client when I appraise the property, property doesn't have a recommended retail price. You don't get to choose the price of your home, nor do I get to choose the price of your home. The value of a property is what a buyer is willing to offer but equally a seller is willing to accept. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> that is very good, people. So, so, yeah, property doesn't have a recommended retail value. And so the way I sort of combat this, if, if a seller says to me, for example, I want to get $600,000 for my home, but mm -hmm. I might think it's worth five fifty, mm -hmm. I'll absolutely say, look, I'll have a crack. If there's a $600,000 offer out there, I will find it for you. Yep. Every week from then on, they will receive a weekly report from me, giving them market feedback from buyers who came through the home open telling them exactly what those buyers think. And if the common feedback is the price is too high, the price is too high, the sellers get a very clear understanding very quickly that they need to take action. And if they choose not to, we'll keep doing what we're doing, but I make it very clear that this is the seller's decision and the market is providing the feedback that it is. That's good. What do you think? Yeah. I feel like you're not as aggressive on that. Yeah, I feel like you're more casual. Yes and no. Yes and no. Like I, I was thinking of the question more as a rental side of things just based off that that background that I have there where, you know, your client, for example, it's costing them $1,100 a week. Mm, and this is what I kept telling them. That's more than probably what the annual salary yeah. wage is. Like yeah. that, that is huge money. Okay, yeah. you might pay, I don't know what your rental rates are here, but call it 10% for a round number. Um, you might pay $100 a week on that, but you're still out of pocket $1,000 a week every week that property mm. sits vacant. So, and the client has no interest in dropping it. So for that client, why wouldn't you drop? to a thousand dollars a week get an application you're going to get good tenants at that rate and just put some money in the bank for account sure. you know it's for sure every week that's costing you 10 weeks of being rented at a thousand dollars a week but i think sometimes a lot of the case people's pride gets in the way like yeah, um, you know with the market definitely. how it's been they go oh such and such over the road is paying 900 dollars for this house and their house is nowhere near as nice as mine i think that i've seen a lot of that since COVID because obviously the rents were exorbitant yep. and people were paying and are paying way beyond what i would have appraised properties at so people sit back and they go well my house is so much better i'm going to stay on this until i get the figure i want and they don't think about what we think about what it's costing them they'll just sit and wait and I think it gets to a point where we do all of that and then at some point you've got to say, look, maybe we aren't the right person for you. Yeah. Well, uh, just going back to the sales side of things where my head was as well is that it's not uncommon that I've sat there and gone, look, you know, it's it's different when it's a vacant house versus an owner-occupied house. But if the owners are living there and they want something that's 50, 100 grand too high, I'm not against telling them, sorry, mm. this is not possible. How do people take that when you give it back, like give a listing back to them? I think it's a big realisation for them a lot of the time. Do they come back to you to sell it? I've, I've done it a couple of times. I've lost one and yep. they're still in the property today, probably yeah. two, two and a half years later. Okay. Um, the others ended up 
essentially correcting the price. Yeah, and coming um, back. And, yeah, getting results. Oh, well, that's good. Just to follow on from it, because it's true to both sales and property management, another thing that I tell everyone is the longer you sit on the market chasing a certain price, you might have had offers, but you're turning them down because you're wanting a, a higher price. The longer you sit on the market for sales or property management, the less competition is out there. And then the less you can justify or the less buyers and tenants can justify paying a higher price because there's no, the competition disappears. Yep. So they have no reason to pay a premium anymore. Yep. So I always tell everyone, you've got to, you know, if we want to get top dollar, you've got to move relatively quick for this. And more often than not, from a sales perspective anyway, the first few offers that you receive and the first, I call it a two to four week window, are usually the best offers you will get. I was just about to say this. I've been in real estate, as we know, for over 15 years. And I remember a sales rep saying to me when I very first started, when you're selling your house, usually the first offer is your best offer. And I said this to one of our staff members yesterday who had an offer on her house. I said, don't um, say no because your first offer is usually your best offer. That's it. And I'd say more often than not, that's true for property management yeah. as well. Yeah. But I think as well, like for us in property management now, rents are stabilizing. So people aren't offering over and above with asking price. Mm. But a lot of the time we're getting really bad applications. And I was saying this to you guys in the meeting not too long ago, like the quality of applications we're getting, they're ones that have been declined. So now they're being sneaky with their references and because they haven't been able to get a property. So we are still getting apps, but they're just rubbish. And that's not what owners want to hear because they've left it, they've missed that mark. So the rents are coming back. Like Alchemos, I was getting 700 for four by twos up there, which was wild. But now it's come back to around 550, 600. Mm -hmm. People aren't happy because the house across the road is getting 700 and you only leased that five months ago. They're used to what the market was. Yeah. So I but think that's hard. Circling back to your question at the start about renting it out privately. Yep. How convincing are those applications sometimes though? Like the lies that people do put into those applications, mm. how without doing the proper due diligence, like again, I talk to you guys all the time, yeah. so I know what's going on. Some of them are just 99% you, you, truth. Yep. You would have no like, idea. Yep. So like people put down, so say if I was renting through an agency, people put down like, you know, Kelly Johnson at hotmail.com as the agent reference and we know. What agent do you know has it at hotmail.com? So we pick that up. But if you're a private landlord, you're not going to know that it should be at Harcourt's Alliance and they would get the reference from a friend and no doubt be fine. Yep. So I think for us, like we're really paying attention to that sort of thing. But overall, the market is shifting and I'm really noticing it in rental-wise. So I do find it interesting. Like obviously for you, it's not at all, Chris. So that's interesting as well. Yeah. Look, we've certainly seen home home open numbers pull back from, from my end. Okay. So just that. Right? It's yeah. pulled back, but even still they're, they're crazy high amounts of people coming through properties. <laughs> do you think these interest rates are going to force more people to sell? What do you guys both predict? It's a tricky one. It's, I think that will definitely have an impact. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, my situation here, I'm on a 2.99% interest rate and I know I'm going to jump to six by the end of the year. Is that what it's, it's going to be? That's about what it is, 5.56. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. um, you know, and for me, that's that's just shy of $1,000 a month. Is that, that's a huge increase. Is that like the lowest rates people are getting 6% now? Around that 5 to 6. I think it's all relevant. Yeah, yeah don't quote me on that. I'm no, not we're not quote, don't quote Nick <laughs> <laughs> Um, But, 
you know, it's all relevant on what your loan is and, and what your capacity is. It is a big jump, yeah. yeah. That's the, a huge The last jump. appraisal I did, they are about to come out of their fixed-term loan. Yep. They were on three years fixed uh, and exactly that. They're, they're about to jump to a much higher rate and they need to sell their home because they've just said straight up, we, we can't afford repayments. Once so where are they going to go? Well, that's, yeah, we're working with them at the moment on the Do plan. you think the, these sort of people would buy or they would rent? They're looking, these guys are looking to buy, but okay. every circumstance is different, yep. I guess. Some people go into the rental market. Yep. And, uh, other people are going to look to buy something a bit cheaper, I guess. I'll be interested to see if these rate rises push the rental market back up again if people are selling and then they need to rent back. Yeah, I think at the same time not as many people will probably buy investment properties. Mm, so, I agree. yeah, it's, it's all relevant in some way, but. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting to see what the correction does. What do you predict for the next six months of the year? Like, so okay, so you guys know I'd love to buy a house. Yep. Um, do you? Would you say buy now, or would you say wait because the market's going to shift? What would be your honest opinions to me? I'm always a fan of buying now. You are. You, you, never, yeah. you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I think going into COVID, banks were reporting it's going to drop by thirty percent, and we went up probably the same. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're the people that are watching these stats and are predicting, supposed to be predicting everything right. So it, it's always very tricky. I think if you can afford to do something right now, do something right now. Um, you At know, the end of the day, no one's got a crystal ball. No one can yeah. predict where the market's going. I know that's the cliche answer to give, it but it's, it's just fact. And another another quote I heard a little while ago was, time in the market is better than timing the market because you can never time and predict what's going to happen. the man of course. <laughs> I love a good love, quote. Loves See, a quote. Nick, this is why Chris is my host. Yeah, <laughs> he brings quote. the quote. I love a quote. <laughs> well, look, I think that's just enough for today, guys. Thank you both so much for coming in and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for having us. Does that mean I'm back next week? Do you want to come? Always. All right. See you both. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode on the Alliance experience. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, alliance.leasing.